0: When you're white, like uncles die every day, and that could really mean <laughs> something for you.
1: <laughs> like, just like listen, you really could have been like, not nah, actually. My great uncle, like Harold, left me a bunch of money. Good looking out m- though. It happened. Listen, it happened. <laughs> hello everyone this is alex and this is em
0: welcome to the latest episode of the good the bad the basic
1: this is the podcast for nostalgic gen x and millennials and binge watchers of all ages
0: on this podcast we'll be discussing what we love what we hate and what's just a little bit problematic about the tv and movies that we're addicted to
1: and do a little bit of rewriting where necessary
0: On today's episode, we'll be finishing up our recap of the memorable family drama, Gilmore Girls.
1: Despite our personal feelings about Gilmore Girls' protagonists, the show was an indisputable success and had a back half, which, though most fans hated it, is where Alex and I think that the real magic happened.
0: In the back half of this series, the whimsical fairy tale gives way to a more believable reality and the characters get some rude awakenings
1: the white woman fantasy gives way to a wealthy white capitalist reality which by and large alex and i are very much here for so what do we think of gilmore girls in seasons five and beyond stay Stay tuned. tuned Season five, 22 episodes. This is standard episode left for the the WB. Um, So season five, at the end of season four, excuse me, is when Luke and Lorelai start dating. In season five, Emily and Richard are not afraid to express their disapproval about this. And um, Emily and Richard had previously rekindled their relationship too after a brief separation in season five, four they renew their vows in season five season five emily does some more meddling and counsels christopher who again this cannot be stated enough she doesn't think is good enough for her daughter but is wealthy enough and well-bred enough for her daughter to go and try to win lorelei back so that's where we start season five.
0: Yeah. So the immediate season five beginnings and pickups is 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 exactly as M said, the only sort of lingering vestige is this Dean plot that continues. Um Rory is still with with Dean. Ugh.
1: Mm-hmm. That, and that Wait. happens. So season five picks up literally with an hours of where season four ends which I think is really good right because then it forces us to deal with the aftermath of that and it forces Rory to deal with the aftermath of that like we don't have like this flash forward to you know a couple weeks or a couple of months so in season four it ended with Lorelai giving Rory some real truths right about what she had just done um basically making it clear that it doesn't matter if you knew dean first if he was your boyfriend first if you known him longer he is married to someone else he is cheating you're helping him cheat that's it that's the end um
0: right and something <laughs> about the beginning of season 5 episode 1 i think that's at the end is that it's really ugly to watch Lindsay, his wife, sort of still working for his approval, working to be a good wife to him, laboring. And in fact, I think the one of the ending scenes with her, like cooking this like really elaborate, really beautiful dinner, is it's clever because it's a callback to it's a it's a slight callback to that damn Donna Reed episode for when Roy does it. And I, um, I was like, good on you, show. That's smart. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. It is a callback to that Donna Reed episode. And I think what makes it so sad, like Alex said, and I found it really sad as well, is that A, she's neither cosplaying as a wife, nor is she cosplaying as a homemaker, right? She's doing these things in an attempt not to like, soothe over some ridiculous argument with a high school boyfriend, but in a desperate play to keep her husband at home.
0: Right. And that's why, yeah, exactly. There's like a brief, I think argument. Uh, Yeah. I want to say argument. That's not necessarily an argument. It's a brief conversation between Dean and Rory about, um, and this comes later in this, in this season, but it's a brief argument about how Dean is, Dean says, "Oh, like I I threw my whole marriage away, like or I threw my whole wife away." And he for you, and he's talking to Rory, and he's putting it on her. But I'm like, you you made those choices, babe. <laughs> like, right. I'm not saying that I like Rory Gilmore or that or that Rory Gilmore is like woman of the year because she's not. But you you made some choices. you either gotta like be happy with them or like don't be
1: he goes into a tirade like alex said i threw away my marriage for you blah 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 here's the thing though and let's go back to season four a little bit This episode where she and Dean sleep together is an episode I watch a couple times um, because I wanted to make sure that my memory matched up with what really happened. Memory is not perfect, you guys, it's not a tape recorder. And the second and third time I watched it was actually to gauge the body language that happened between Rory and Dean and then later with Rory and Lorelai. Dean was absolutely the aggressor in that situation. He absolutely came to her house under false pretenses. He absolutely pushed for a sexual interaction. And when she, not he, brought up the fact that he was with Lindsay, he says it's not working out as he starts to kiss her. Obviously, this wasn't a situation where he slept with Rory by force, but Dean absolutely did instigate um, that situation. And he is the one that wanted to have a whole ass affair with his high school girlfriend. So him putting that on Rory is kind of ridiculous. She's he's acting like she seduced him or something.
0: Right. And I, this little conversation I was talking about was just sort of like, um was actually a season five, episode two uh, at the end of episode two, because I think what had happened is like Rory went away to Europe with Emily. Like she just, after her mother confronted her about everything, after she took some stocks, she sort of just ran away to Europe. In truer- oh, you're so right. In true Rory fashion. So but yeah,
1: thanks for reminding me about the Europe trip because I'd actually forgotten what season that happened in. Um, but I think the Europe trip was what she needed to get her head on straight.
0: She absolutely did need it to, to get her head on straight. So then season five episode three is our first introduction to who will become my favorite of Rory's boyfriends, uh, Logan Huntsberger Rory's at Yale and she's comforting Paris for probably like the first time in her life. Um, <laughs> through because Paris, <laughs> Paris has lost her lover, professor Asher Fleming, and she's putting up posters in her hallway. Uh, for to advertise like, I guess, the memorial service, and we meet Logan, Logan and his friends. Um, in fact, that's actually not their first meeting. The first meeting is when Rory is at the coffee cart talking with Marty, and Logan and his friends walk by, and Logan singles out Marty because he remembers Marty from a party <laughs> that um he hired Mar- Marty to work. Uh, for him uh, and he's like oh Marty great bartender and he goes are you bartending again this year uh, and Marty says yes I am I'm still working as a, as a bartender this year and Logan's like good to know because I'll, I'll probably be hiring you again he's in inqu- he's like sort of inquiring about yeah if Marty's going to be available what Marty's work schedule is and Rory does not they don't take it well like it's a it's Shout out to Matt Zerkery, who will who would who would become like famous for this role and then go on to have like a really amazing television career. But they don't they don't take it well. So let's talk a bit about that, about why they don't take Logan's initial sort of greeting in any sort of good happiness or or well-offness about it.
1: Yeah, um, I definitely feel like it had to do in large part with Marty's feelings about his own financial situation, right? In this light, Marty reminds me a lot of Joey Potter. Mm. He's, right. Like He's embarrassed about his financial situation, so he makes the situation weird. It doesn't have to be weird. You work for a living. He knows you work. He hired you. He thinks you do good work. He wants to pay you. For as far as we know, he paid you a fair wage. Be like, yeah, I'm bartending. Looking forward to it. Bye. But then it became a whole thing, I think, largely because Marty made it a whole thing.
0: Right. So, yeah. So, it's like, it's the first. And so, we talk about, like, white women fantasy, and it is. So, this is what we talk about when we talk about the show starts to now become... A, a white wealthy reality, right? Because like, this is this is very r- real, and it's funny because I think Logan even sort of like gives him like he doesn't. Logan even doesn't assume that like something I think is interesting about the meeting is that like Logan doesn't even automatically assume that he needs to work this semester. Logan just asks like, "Has your financial situation changed?"
1: Like, which is big. Ri- is big, which is big you don't want to assume that anyone's working or still doing the work that we're doing the year before. That's rude. Right. That's rude.
0: And he, he just, he asked, he's like, are you cause, and that's real. Like, you know, when you're white, like uncles die every day. And that can really mean <laughs> something for you.
1: <laughs> like, Just like, listen, he really could have been like, not nah, actually my great uncle, like Harold left me a bunch of money. Good looking out of- though. It happened. Listen, it happened. <laughs> um,
0: cause I knew a kid that it happened to and I was like, damn, that's crazy. Uh, but, um, yeah, he, he's, he just asks, he's like, is your financial situation ch- changed? He's like, no. And he's like, okay, great. Like I'll call, I'll make sure I call you this semester, which once we learn about I think the vast array that like m- money that like Logan sort of has and that Logan's happy to throw around is not insignificant.
1: Right. If if nothing else, Logan Huntsberger has never was never ever ever not one single time portrayed as someone who is cheap with his friends or with his employees he's going to pay you what you're worth. Um, So I feel like the money that he could have made just from Logan hiring him, let alone any money um, racked up in tips would have been significant. And again, it didn't have to be anything more than, yeah, I'm still working. And then when Logan says, I want to hire you, thanks. Great. Um, You know, tell your friends, refer me. Um, It didn't have to be anything greater than that. If Marty were not deeply ashamed of, his wealth or lack thereof right and so and
0: is and as you say tips like that it that comes up in the second meeting so then when we meet logan again like uh, that i mentioned earlier in the hallway with asher fleming and putting up the posters you know rory thinking that she's doing something god bless that sweet summer child (laughs) um remarks on it she's like you can't Talk to people like you're their servants, and he's like, and Logan's like, I pay him well, and my friends are rich, and they pay him well, and he made a shit ton of money in tips. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what? Are you, mm-hmm. Like, what are you? What are you even? Um, like, what you're saying makes no sense.
1: Uh, she she handled it badly too, because me going to someone who previously rendered a service and asking them, do you still offer that service, is not quote unquote talking to them like a servant <laughs> like that's ridiculous when they're talking in the hallway and they're having this debate this
0: like sort of quasi class debate it reminded me a little of he does uh, initially remind me like he gives me like just sort of vibes like mm-hmm. slightly in the way that he sort of is like he's ready to like challenge like rory he's not necessarily here to like make her super comfortable.
1: I think that's what I loved about Jess initially. I mean, again, Jess had his problems and he turned out not to be a, such a great boyfriend, but like Jess, as Rory's friend, was someone she needed for exactly the reason you stated. He challenged her. And I think I, I can see you comparing him to Logan Huntsberger because if Jess had grown up wealthy and with a father, he probably would be Logan Huntsberger.
0: Right. And like, and that's exactly what I got from Logan. It's it, in fact, like, I'm so happy that, like, we're doing this for the show and like i watched the early watch the earlier um seasons because and granted they'll change logan's coding later uh in terms of like you the show sets it up to be like logan is is rory's christopher um so so to speak but in this yeah in these sort of initial meetings i'm just like yeah this is who just would be if just was rich mhm Logan is that's who he'd be so I don't so in that as well I don't know that I quite understand all the hate for Logan because people don't really like him
1: I didn't get the hate for Logan either I'm like y'all acting like like he was physically or verbally or financially abusive to this girl like what exactly did Jess do to Rory I mean did Logan do to her what did he do to her to, Say, to warrant
0: like, this. To warrant this. Like I don't I don't know for like I'm not I'm not here I'm not feeling it. Like,
1: like he super was super nice to her mom, super nice to her friends and her grandparents. Like what did he do? <laughs> <I> <laughs> what he,
0: did he, he do? Like he's he's a very he's a he's a very good boyfriend and he's always upfront and honest with her about everything.
1: Like, and I think that's what people don't like about Logan and for being that's I think that's the realty because Logan is exactly who he he said he was and he behaves exactly the way he says he's going to behave. And Rory gets in her feelings oftentimes and sh- when um she has a rude awakening that like like, wow, he really meant the shit that he just said <laughs> and I can't change him. And they really lived in some fantasy that he would be different than exactly what he said he was. <laughs>
0: Right, he wrote, Logan's like, listen, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is what I do. Like, and nothing else. Like, so then, sort of at the, be- and then like other things that are happening at the happening at the beginning of this season are like Luke and Lorelai are like, you know, full steam ahead, and they're reasonably happy, I suppose. Also, uh, I don't know. I don't. I never saw it. People love Luke and Lorelai. I hate them together.
1: Um, I don't think Lorelai got a lot of great options, to be very honest. Unlike her daughter, who had, like, the best option in Logan Huntsberger. And, honestly, if she had revisited Jess post-college, that probably would have been a great option, too. Um, Lorelai didn't have a lot of good options. She had, like, the deadbeat baby daddy, who was like also, like, ridiculously wealthy and only got his shit together after he'd conceived a child with someone else. She had, um, Luke, who honestly seemed kind of annoyed with her in most of their interactions and like barely speaks. She had Jason, her father's partner who was like complete and utter douchebag. bag. Um, Lorelai did not have a lot of good options, but she always had options. If that makes sense. Like she always had an option, but none of them were really that great. Okay. Well then that's fair.
0: You, you, you are like the Lorelai like team cheerleader and I respect that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, I don't, like, I think a lot of things Zorlai does are, like, questionable, but, like, when it comes to relationships, I really feel like sis can't win, and she probably would have been better off staying in her her parents' social circle, so that if she had, like, a bunch of terrible options, they'd at least all be wealthy ones, if that makes sense. <laughs> I'm sorry
0: like, yeah no but I agree with you Luke always seems like he's perpetually like angry at her and like he's like always like yelling at her and maybe it's because like that's like a thing I was yelled at a lot when I was little so that's like a triggering thing to me I don't I really don't like to be yelled at it Same. feel it's like it's a hard thing for me to stomach but like my he just always seems perpetually like and completely just like over her at all times so I, I never I just never got it
1: same. And I can compartmentalize enough to understand, like, the way that I was yelled at, for instance, is not the same way he's yelling at her. It's more exasperation and annoyance than anger. But I'm like, why is it happening, though? Right. Like, but you want that. Like, he talks to her like a child a lot. <laughs> like, oh, Lorelai, she's so kooky. I have to talk to her like a child. And it's right. it's kind of off-putting. It's very off-putting.
0: And part of me wonders, like, is that, like, the show, like, trying to infantilize her, to like make her seem more like whimsical, right? Because this is a white. Is. I, I think, think that probably is. is what it is. Um and that is like and there's a larger discussion I think and a larger thought to have in there because I do think because we talk about how this is a white woman fantasy and part of that is that like white women as much as they like <laughs> as much as they like to front that they're against it. Like they do love like this sort of benevolent sexism mm-hmm. that that um, they feel protected in,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: in this sort of infla- in infantilization. But like they want it on their terms, and I feel like Luke and Lorelai's rep- like relationship is representative of that of that sort of like being like infantilized, but like on on, on only in a specific way.
1: Um, I do absolutely feel that Lorelai's character was infantilized, and it's really weird because um, um, something you said I thought was really significant. Um, they the show does a good job of showing how well Lorelai takes care of her daughter, and when the chips are down and she like financially is incapable of doing it, she will go to her parents who can. But the sh- the show also does. Goes out of its way to show you that Lorelai is someone who, you know, besides, like, basic grooming, isn't really good at taking care of herself. And so Luke comes in, and so there's a lot of uh, paternalistic overtones to their relationship, I feel. Um, In contrast to her foil, Mrs. Kim, whose husband is never shown, and who's, like, basically the personification of, like, order and having your shit together
0: right and and see and that like and that that little texture is like i think what makes the show they or thinking about the show like in a specific intersectional feminist context even more rich because like I feel like we see that shit play out in life right like Mm -hmm. white women are white women sort of consistently need and write narratives and like want and want narratives in where they will be infantilized and comforted and coddled no matter what no matter their type of personality no matter their sort of station and Mm -hmm. women of color are just like well let those ugly bitches be by themselves. Like mm-hmm. right? That's sort of the idea.
1: Um, it's interesting because with um rory is the same way and wanting to be coddled and wanting to be protected and wanting to be infantilized to a certain degree right and we don't actually see the full breadth of that until she's deeply into this relationship with logan and he basically has to become something he is not the person who does give his girlfriend constant reassurance um the one who's constantly having to like hold her hand metaphorically speaking for her to feel secure in the relationship, which is someone he's never been before, and he becomes that person in order to keep her,
0: right, Which is another fantasy, right? Because Logan another is another so- fantasy, another <laughs> fantasy because Logan is from our initial. Yes, even the initial meeting of him is someone who's very much coded as like a fuckboy supreme, and we all know that in life you can't change your fuckboy <laughs> like it's not possible. Right. Um, like I mean, he's
1: fuckboy light, right? Because at least he's like honest. <laughs> right. At least he's like, like honest. So I guess I wouldn't call him a what is that? What is that name for? Um, I just I, he he really just gives me like college bachelor vibes. He's very on the up and up about everything. He's not pretending like you're his only girlfriend if you're not his only girlfriend. He's not pretending he's not seeing other people if he's seeing other people. He's just like this is what it is, take it or leave it, which I deeply respect. I deep um,
0: same. I have a deep
1: respect for. Like I, just, it is what it is, and uh, of course, Rory. Is not okay with what it is and of course white woman fantasy he does adapt to meet her needs meeting her more than halfway on that bridge right because Rory never really changes as a person but logan makes significant changes to keep that relationship alive right so
0: let's get into that a bit so that happens sort of so logan uh is essentially like is real with her he's like I forget what episode, but he, I think it's after, it's after You Jump, I Jump Jack, which is when Lord, which is when Rory does the, the newspaper piece about like the secret society he's in. And during that, I want to say like he, he's real with her. He's like, you know, I'm dating a bunch of girls. Like, it's just what I do. Like, I'm not like, are you okay with that? Cause I'm not going to stop seeing them. Like, are you okay with something that's just like casual and Rory knowing, I think, and Rory sort of initially kind of knowing and feeling uh, that that's not what she does. Like, like a silly person says, yes, I'm cool with that. That's fine. And they proceed to like hook up at her grandparents, like recommitment ceremony.
1: Mm-hmm. Um didn't they hook up prior to that in her dorm when Paris was with some with Doyle once? Um the timeline is confusing to me. You're probably right though. Um in this time frame, um, Paris also starts dating Doyle, who would become her husband, and Lane starts dating Zach, who would become her husband. <clears throat> Unfortunately. So yeah, that happens. Sookie and Jackson um, have a daughter and she orders him to get a vasectomy immediately after the child's born. It's later revealed, not this season, but it's later revealed that he lied and he did not get the vasectomy done. So then Jackson becomes for the first time lumped in with the many nice misogynists on this show. That's crazy. Yeah. That shit was crazy.
0: That shit was (laughs) crazy.
1: Um, and ooh, ooh, we already know what um when what happens when um Rory meets um Logan's family. this is like a big subplot family says that she's beneath him, and they're not fucking with it,
0: so um, I wanted to get back to so let's really quickly get back to this this party where Dean and Rory break up officially, mm-hmm. like for real for real, so like you had like M had said earlier, it's like it is like her grandparents throw her this version, this weird whacked out version of like the bachelorette and she's there. And, uh, she's the only woman there. Cause and they've invited like all of their, 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 their entire circles, like wealthy white sons of age are, are there. And Rory's meeting all of them. And then Logan is there too. And that's when we find out that Logan knows her grandparents and, when we really start getting like a big idea of like how he, like he is really like in her circle somehow. And obviously like, she doesn't want, want to be there. Well, she doesn't want to be being essentially like, you know, trotted out. So she sort of ditches the party um, for this other sort of sub party. They formed within the party Um, (laughs) and they're all there and they're drinking. And uh, what I say, like, I don't like. It is just the ultimate like cool girl like st- like legend because she's there. All men um, and everyone's like attention is on her. There's even like a little scene where there's even just like a short snippet of of the scene where all the boys are like on their knees, like saying like "Oh Rory, marry me," like in jest. But I'm just like, damn, this show the show and
1: then white girl fantasy
0: peak, (laughs) Peak. just peak and and so so after that she's like no i have a boyfriend and they're all like oh um as if that's ever stopped any predator ever before and (laughs) she walks out and she walks out to meet dean and dean sort of just sees her like in these you know this Diamond tiara, diamond necklace, diamond earrings, and all these like, you know, visibly wealthy white boys like fawning over her. And he's like, you know, do I even he's like, I don't belong here anymore.
1: Like this is this is not where I belong. And he shows up and he sees a situation where basically he cannot compete with these wealthy men. Right.
0: And he leaves and they break and that's then they they break up, they break up, break up, break up. Which, let me say something, Dean fumbled his bag.
1: <laughs> he sure did. He um, sure did. I mean, I feel like he did, and then part of me feels like it was never going to be Dean anyway. And Dean is someone that she passes time with until someone who's her intellectual equal comes around, right? First it was Jess, and then eventually it was going to be Logan. Because money aside, Dean is not smart enough for Rory. He's boring, and the shit was going to be boring once she got used to having sex with him all the time sorry sorry dean um sorry, you're stupid <laughs> like i'm sorry just, so yeah. at that party she was meant to meet dean earlier right like i'm gonna stay for a few hours and i'm gonna ditch the party and come be with you and then she lost all track of time in this little sub party she was having which again hearkening back to the donna reed rory as that at that party was one of her best looks it was very holly go esque so the last image Of that episode, uh, season five,
0: episode eight is, um, Rory getting out of this stretch limousine, um, full of like the boys at the party, uh, yeah, it's 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 Lorelai getting on the couch. It's Lorelai on the couch, and she hears a noise, and she gets up and she looks out the window, and it's Rory getting out of this this stretch limousine with you know Logan and all those boys in the car, and she's stumbling out, and they're making all this sort of like noise, and she Rory stumbles out and goes into the house, and then there's this shot of Lorelai just looking on and sort of like realizing what.
1: She's done. Mm-hmm. And w- yeah, I think it's that scene was powerful,
0: <laughs> right? It was. It's powerful. It's a powerful, lasting image.
1: I think Lorelai, you know, when she ran away from her parents, it could be chalked up to like a very adolescent decision, and definitely something that set her back several years, right, in regards to establishing her own businesses and getting her own education. But she didn't want her daughter in this life, and. I know that when she went to Emily and Richard, this was her greatest fear. What was happening um, at the end of that episode of Rory getting sucked into this high society and not no longer being a person of principle um, and basically seeing the way that she had raised her daughter and all her work starting to come undone at the seams. And she's scared. She's scared that she's losing her kid. What are your thoughts on that whole Jackson and Suki plot line where Jackson basically lies to his wife about having a vasectomy?
0: That's that shit was crazy. That's like, that was crazy to me because it's, and it was upsetting because I think Jackson was the only sort of, I think Jackson and Suki were just like the only like not unproblematic relationship. And then he has to go do something that is like really like frightening and like Mm -hmm. abusive and and controlling
1: it is it is and i don't even think that he meant to do it for the for the purpose of controlling suki right i feel like he did it because he felt like not doing it put him in control of his body right but right. then you 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 do something like this without thinking about the possibility that a person who's had two kids already and is still of childbearing age is probably going to get pregnant again and jackson had never really been coded as a misogynist before ever Mm-hmm. Um And, like, now we're at this point where he does something that doesn't take into consideration his wife's autonomy and her body, and we just, like— It's shit. It's really shit. The situation is explored further in season six. But like just knowing in season five that she she wants him to do this thing and then he lies up to her face. And then the timeline of season six, when she gets pregnant again, of just how long he's been lying for well over a year. He's been lying about having had a a vasectomy done. It's really sickening.
0: It's really. Yeah, it's it's really upsetting because like it's just, and it's so I think it's like it's so out of character, like that's a, it. That's another thing. It doesn't make sense to me why he right. would lie. Like I I think like an a more honest thing would be like he came back and he just sort of like spills his guts to to Suki in a sort of like maybe like kind of a manic way. That would feel more like on. Tracker more on with who he is as a character. So this lying situation is like why,
1: right? Like Jackson's never been the type of person who prior to this was able to keep anything, even like even you know his his wanting to propose from Suki for more than like forty eight hours. So him like keeping a secret this heavy. And lying to her about it for as long as he did, like, really is a break from character. It is a character assassination. I feel like the writers were like, you know what? Suki and Jackson haven't had literally any issues since they met. Let's throw them a curveball, you guys. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what they did.
0: So, so wild. So weird. So um, So um,
1: let's talk a bit about... This Lane and Zach plot, like if we have to. I think it's one of those things again where like instead of giving, because they've constantly cheated Lane when it comes to like real character development. So instead of doing that, somebody was just like, you know what would make her interesting? A man. Let's give <laughs> let's give Lane a man. And they gave her the most basic, mediocre, forgettable man that they could find.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's horrible to I mean, I guess it's like it's horrible to watch because, you know, like that it never resolves. And I think it's it's even more infuriating to watch back because I think you see Lane take so much initiative and you just don't get how she ends up how she ends up. Because I had forgot I had also forgotten that, like, this was the season that um, Lane organizes the and i think i'm right maybe hopefully i'm right but this is the season that um lane organizes the the tour for the band mm-hmm. um she's you know she's restless and she's like you know we got to we got to do something and she she does she works and organizes this tour and gets this tour up and running and um and it, you're like, yeah, and she's the one that sort of pushes the whole band to do it. Um, So this is true to her character. So this sort of girl who loves music, who's like interested in music, who's looking, who's looking for her future. And it's just upsetting. The whole thing's upsetting.
1: Right. And then like, again, Curveball, her entire future is... um basically comes to a screeching halt on account of the relationship and what happens in the course of this relationship. Um, So some other issues too are that um, Rory gets an internship briefly at Mitchum Huntsberger's newspaper and is completely deflated when he tells her that she doesn't have what it takes to be a journalist, something that discerning viewers already knew. And um, she basically reacts in a fit and she and Logan are arrested for stealing a yacht. Now, Rory's the good girl and, and Logan's the bad boy. That's how the show wants us to take it. His friends show up for him and her mom shows up for her. And when her mom shows up for her, they get in this big fight. Because Lorelai, you know, having nothing else to go on, assumes that Logan pressured her into taking this action that she took. And Rory announces that she's dropping out of Yale. And then... um, when Lorelai refuses to support this decision and she goes, this is the, one of the the best scenes as far as how fucked up Lorelai's relationship with her parents are. Um, she goes to her parents, tells them everything, tells them not to support Rory's decision to drop out. They tell her emphatically unambiguously, we will support you. And then when push comes to shove, they leave Lorelai twisting in the wind and they take Rory in. Contrary to everything they told their daughter that they would do, and it was really fucked up.
0: Right. And then that's how season five ends. So um what do you what do you think about season five? Season five
1: is actually quite good. For me, it's the best season since season one.
0: Same. I love season five. I love Logan. I love this introduction. I like that they're sort of taking this, um, like I said, not necessarily really the the fantasy is sort of being being stripped away into like a white wealthy reality, which I respect uh, for the honesty, if nothing else. And um, I it's well plotted for me. And I besides that Suki Jackson thing, I think everything that happens is is sort of in in good character with with the with the characters
1: yeah i would say my only sticking points with season five are that what jackson did which again isn't revealed until season six and this um lane in a relationship angle where like literally my only two letdowns with the season if i had to pick things that i wasn't here for
0: really quick if you i would say like if you're looking for some key episodes to watch in season five i would do season five episode one say goodbye to daisy miller Episode four, Tippecanoe and Taylor, Two. It's really funny. Uh, it's when Jackson becomes, like, the the townsperson or whatever. Um, it's hilarious. Season- Episode five, oh, We Got Us, a Pippy Virgin. Episode six, Norman Mailer, I'm Pregnant. Episode seven, You Jump, I Jump, Jack. Episode eight, The Party's Over. Episode ten, But Not As Cute As Pushkin. There's, like, a really cute, really hilarious scene of like um Logan and his friends like disrupting Lord, uh, Rory's class philosophy class and just the reaction of the black professor saying, "Oh you need to do this later is everything. Um, mm-hmm.
1: I feel like that was like um that that scene was like a bite from ten things I hate about you a little bit
0: a little bit um it's it still hits though. I laugh every time. Um, Uh, I want to do, like, 11, Women of Questionable Morals. Episode 13, Wedding Bell Blues. 15, Jews and Chinese Food. This is a great episode because this is the one where, like, Marty just blows himself into smithereens. And episode 17, Pulp Friction. Episode 19, But I'm a Gilmore. This is the episode with, like, the infamous, like, Logan uh, Huntsberger family dinner where they like uh, bust Rory a new one. And then um, episode 20, How Many Crow Pogs to Cape Cod is uh, also that's uh, and then episode 21, Blame Booze and Melville. This is the episode where Mitch and Huntsberger tells Rory that she's not shit. And then uh, episode 22, A House is Not a Home. All
1: right, season Mm. six. Season six. So season five left us with Lorelai being completely let down by her daughter and completely gaslit by her parents, Emily and Richard. And in that moment of needing comfort desperately and getting it from Luke, she proposes to him. Right. Um, So in season five, we are fast forward a few months. Rory is still living with her grandparents and she's gotten a job. And I use that term loosely with the DAR, which is like a a women's club that her grandmother belongs to. And she is also in the midst of completing her community service. She and Lorelai haven't spoken in six months, but Lorelai drives by every now and then to watch her on the Chang Gang and, you know, um, basically keep tabs on her that way. This is their first major fight. Like, it's huge. They haven't talked in six months. People that can't even go six hours without talking to each other haven't spoken in six months. It's a big deal. And Richard and Emily are actually, like, facilitating the situation. Emily in large part because she sees Rory living under their roof as a sort of do-over.
0: Right. Exactly. And really quick, I just want to say it's actually Daughters of the American Revolution. It's, like, a big deal, like, if you're a wasp
1: a lot of things are a big deal for them (laughs) but yeah (laughs) alex is right it's daughters of the american revolution and um they they basically cosplay at like and wear like world war ii garb during their little meetings and it's mad cute and they convince themselves they're doing something special
0: yeah Mm -hmm. it's like a it's a nonprofit, and it's like lineage based like your parent like you you have to have been like you you have to be able to prove that like your family fought in like the Revolutionary War, so like obviously only like so like if you're black you were a slave and those records are probably destroyed. So the only people who do have real records are like super rich white people, and it's like lots of like high society. It's like it's just one of those like bullshit United like American things. Super convenient that it's all <laughs>
1: white and all wealthy. <clears throat>
0: super convenient. <laughs> Emily and Richard use this as their do-over. And they relish in it, I think, in a sense Mm of, like, they couldn't fix Lorelai, but they can fix Rory,
1: right? Right. And it's not even a matter of wanting to fix Rory, I feel, because at that, you know, meeting when Lorelai came to them, begging, tears in her eyes, like, don't let Rory drop out. they, They listened to all her points, and they agreed with all of her points emphatically. But somehow... Their granddaughter saying, I need you, take me in, trumped all of their better judgment, right? They know that having Rory here is not helping her. It's coddling her. It's exacerbating a situation. But the part of them that's so eager... To um, have someone who needs them and wants to be in their home again overrides like any good sense, which I thought was interesting. It was really interesting um, because as much as they, especially Richard, right, maneuvered to fulfill this dream that he never got to fulfill with Lorelai, only to let her drop out and become like a bum. And then just to let her drop out because his granddaughter said, I need you. I thought really showed their desperation to ha- to be needed and to not be rejected by their grandchild the way that they had been rejected by their daughter
0: right right and it's it's like ugh. it's ugh. like the whole thing is upsetting and, and 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 as much as they try they can't like get it right right so like logan has sort of like i think in a pre- in season 5 in a previous episode had had sort of said like when rory was um writing the the article about oh my god the secret society um and said he couldn't. She can't. She can't mention any names or take pictures because they're all wanted for things like petty things, like up and down the sort of uh, eastern seaboard. They're all wanted by the police because um, they've committed all these petty crimes. And and when his friends come and pick him up, it's clear that like he's he's been through this sort of like getting arrested and bullshit, like and and then getting it like expunged through family wealth. Um, he's been doing this dance for a while. Like he knows this sort of whatever. And, you know, Richard and Emily, and it's, it's fun, It's even funny. Like Logan, Logan or, or is like, even comes to like Rory or, or Richard and Emily and is like, Hey, like use like my family's lawyer. He's done this before. He knows what to say. He knows how to like get her off. Right. Just working. Um, bending the wheels of justice towards the the power of rich whiteness and mm-hmm. they they tell him to richard and emily like kind of tell him to shove off but then it results in in rory getting um community service which she wouldn't have gotten had she just <laughs> listened had she they probably used the other lawyer so right. it's, like, they want to – so they're trying – so it's – so even from the, the get-go of, like, trying to make everything good for Rory, like, it it immediately starts, like, failing and inspiring. Also, I really want to point out that, like, Paris is the best friend – like, really, truly a, a good friend because um, all this stuff happens and then later – and then a couple episodes later, Paris calls Rory – and she's, like, hey, what's what's going on with our deposit for our off-campus place this semester? And she's, like, and Rory's, like, I told you I'm not coming back to Yale. And Paris was, like, oh, I thought that was, like, a joke. That's dumb. And Paris is, like, that's dumb. Like, no, you're coming back to Yale. Like, come on. Like, and Paris yeah. actually tries to, like, get her to come back to school and is, like, this is ridiculous. You're being ridiculous. So what? Like. You'll do you know, come back. And Rory's just like, no, and hangs up the phone.
1: Right. Paris didn't expect this I'm dropping out tantrum to last like six fucking months, you guys. She um, really didn't. It's so um again, the person who has to who steps up, um, surprisingly enough, and says the right thing in the right way is Jess. Jess encourages Rory to go back to school. And, um, she reunites with her mother. And it's interesting because there's a scene where they are at a DAR meeting and Rory's dressed up, also one of her best looks, you know, the one, (laughs) (laughs) and Emily's looking at her from across the room and seeing that, you know, she's not really happy here and she doesn't really fit here. Like she's a smart girl. She doesn't belong in this world. Nor does Emily want her here. She just doesn't know what to say because she's afraid of driving Rory away. And so Jess has to be the one to be like, girl, get your what are shit you together. Doing?
0: Get your shit together. What are you doing? <laughs> like, and, and in a sense, even Logan is a little like... Because Logan cuz when she initially sort of like makes this plan when she throws this tantrum in the season premiere season 6 episode 1 you know Logan sort of and he and they sort of throw them like the jailbird party Logan is like i give it 2 months like Logan's like you're not going to last because you know in his small way he's like you're this isn't you like you're going to go back to school like cuz it's you there you don't know how to do anything else and but it is but i do like that it's jess and it, and i think it is significant that it's jess who comes back and sees her with logan and logan is like listen logan like we like we said logan doesn't try to pretend to be anything other than what he is and logan is like very nasty and very like entitled and like rude to jess when jess comes um and behaves in true logan fashion and mm-hmm. just sort of just like sees all of this and is like this isn't this isn't this isn't you something's something's not working here um and you need to fix it
1: and it's very clear that um Logan's reaction is a direct response to knowing who Jess is and feeling threatened by him right like he it doesn't just act is. this way on a like a, on a day to day basis. The Logan who isn't threatened and who is calm and at ease is a very charming person.
0: Very charming, and even yeah, Logan is very only nasty when he when he feels threatened. Because even when um later on when like they, which is like way uh, into season seven when they sort of like when Marty sort of reemerges, like Logan is just sort of like shady. He's more shady than he is like aggressive. But he, like when he meets Jess, he's very, he's aggressive, like verbally. Mm-hmm.
1: In a way that I don't even think he would have been with Dean, if we're being very honest. Because Dean was stupid and poor. Continue. Jess is kind of, Jess is kind of brilliant. And he's been quoted that way, even when he was like on the verge of being a high school dropout. Like Jess is like very well read, very smart. And he is a very quick wit. He's not someone you can back into a corner very easily. And that can feel very threatening to a lot of people. It's interesting, um, that interaction, because I think that is the interaction that if you're like, if you're on team, like anti Logan, that is the very best frame of reference to use. Right. So that's right. literally like a snippet of their relationship. And even when he's being the way that he's was to Jess, he's never, ever been cruel to Rory or her family or her friends. True. True. Right. Exactly. That's, that's exactly right. Um, Like, y'all really used the one day when he was on his worst behavior, you guys reaching.
0: After this sort of, I think it like between Jess and Logan and Rory, they, they break up for realsies this time or, um, or Rory's like, I think we need to take a break. And Logan's like, fine. And they're like off um, for a period. And, in this period, you know, Rory gets it together, she gets back. She goes back to Yale. She she does, you know, what she's got to do and she she gets her sort of stuff back on track and her and Lorelai reunite.
1: Mhm. I thought that was a great plot that like basically Rory came to her mom cuz over the years every time Rory fucked up it was like always her mother having to like mend the fences. What happened in their rift was completely 100% Rory's fault and not Lorelai's fault. And it's only right that she came to her mother to apologize and ask forgiveness. No other way would have made me satisfied. Exactly.
0: Same. (laughs) And I think it's, and I think the way it happens is, is perfect. Like like Mm -hmm. you said, she, Rory goes to her sort of, you know, Begging. And so I want to say something really quick because there is something, there is like a, a little, because Rory does eventually take to this sort of DAR party planning life. And there is a moment and there is a, there's an episode where Richard is having a conversation with Mitchum and Richard then realizes what happened and or Richard realizes the full extent of what happened. Richard go, Richard and Emily have a very heated conversation, an argument. And Richard says, this isn't what Rory needs to be doing. She was supposed to be a journalist planning parties for like frivolous, frivolous. Like this isn't who you sh- she's supposed to be. And Emily says, Oh, so she's not like, she's beneath this. Like, And Emily says, oh, so you're saying that, like, she isn't supposed to be like me. And Emily's very hurt because, like, the life, the path that Rory, I mean, is sort of coding and starting to take is the same path that Emily took. And and made Emily essentially who she is. Now, I want to speak to this because... You know, party planning is hard. (laughs) Like, party planning on the level that, like, Emily does it and Rory was doing it is, like, hard shit. There's a reason why people, like, get paid to do it. Like, it's not easy work. And I do want to just, I think, put out a disclaimer of, like, in no way are we, like, trying to crap on people who, like— do take that life or like do do those things or like care about those things because I think it's a perfectly legitimate thing to care about and to do. Because like I just said, like, I know you don't sit there and think that like, you know, Beyonce plans her birthday parties herself. She doesn't, she hires somebody. Um, And,
1: and that's it. I think that's all I wanted to say that that's a legitimate thing. I wanted to touch on that really quickly and just, like, remind the audiences very, very quickly. Emily Gilmore did not drop out of Yale. She graduated. But, yeah, everything else Alex said. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, I recognize that. That's hard. That's hard shit. Like, it's hard. It's hard to do. And essentially, like, isn't that what Lorelai does? Like, or that's a big, that was a big part of Lorelai's job, like, creating Um. the inn. She had to, like, decorate it and, like, think about it and, like, do it from scratch herself
1: in a sense of, like... Well, she's she's running the whole end, not just the party planning part. But, yeah, that is that is a large part of her job. Um, so it's, like, party planning plus, um, you know, bookkeeping plus receptionist and secretarial work is Lorelai's job, basically. Right.
0: And, like, event coordination and, like, understanding how, like, a party is going to flow and, and creating an atmosphere where things can flow in a specific way that is going to be like, really, that's hard work. (laughs) It's hard work. And I I would never try to like, cause I've done it before and it's not, it's not easy. And it, it absolutely makes you want to like stressy. Like,
1: yeah, (laughs) I just got, I just gotta let these hoes know, like Emily Gilmore was not a college dropout. She got her man from Penn Lot. Richard's almost wife, and she got her degree and never used it a single day in her life and lived happily ever after. (laughs) Side plot of season six, we find out that Luke has a 12-year-old daughter. Oh, yes,
0: that this is when that uh, horrible, like, April plotline starts to happen. Yikes. That's all.
1: So, um, April is his daughter, and her mother is Anna, and she is played by, um, gosh, the actress from... From from Twin Peaks, the TV show. Sherilyn Fenn Sherilyn Fenn, who's I, I really love her. Um, she plays um April's mom, Anna. And between April, Anna, Rory, and Lorelai, I don't know how many blue-eyed brunettes that show has. <laughs> but Luke definitely has a type, you guys. <laughs> He definitely has a type. So he gets his daughter, this preteen thrown in his lap. Her mom was literally living like one town over. Also not a big town, you guys. And I guess he just never checked up on his ex, never needed to go to the next town for anything, never ran into this woman. And she just had this child and raised this child for years until the child decided she wanted to meet her dad. And the mom, who is doing very well for herself, is like, I guess if you want to meet your daddy, that's fine. But, like, I've been raising you without him this whole time.
0: <laughs> right. So,
1: when this initially happened, people
0: hated this plot line. Like, they hated it. Did you did you hate it on the rewatch?
1: Um, I mean, I feel like they could have... Every time Luke needs to become interesting, they throw a child into his life. Like, first <laughs> the nephew, then the daughter. Like, I guess... I, I, I'm very ambivalent about it. It's just, it, it happened. It's just something that happened. <laughs> Same. I feel like I don't like,
0: I feel like I don't understand why they needed to put like another, like quasi, you know, Lorelai Rory, like person, people in his life, like another set. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's yeah, except absolutely-
1: this one is his bio kid. Right. But it's a right.
0: Situation. It feels weird. Like it's, it feels like part fan. It felt. It feels like something that somebody came up with, and they were like, "Ooh, the fans will love this because it'll be like fan service." And then like that didn't happen, and then they had to like figure out how they were going to resolve this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's exactly what it feels like.
1: Like if I wrote, if I were like a Gilmore Girls super fan, and this plot hadn't happened, like I would write it as fanfic.
0: Yes, that's that's exact. <laughs> yes, that's what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... <laughs> it's terrible it's i mean i don't know if it's terrible it's just
1: it's what it is like i feel like it's just so unnecessary like it happened it's not necessarily bad it's not terribly good but i just feel like it took a valuable space what we could have used extracting lane from this relationship with zach into the arms of someone better but whatever
0: exactly i think that's what it is i think there were other better minor characters we could have like they could have like made plots for and then this storyline happens instead. So I guess what's really infuriating is sort of like, I guess his whole handling of it is feels dumb. I don't, when he tells Anna, like I'm engaged, this is my fiance, like we're getting married. And Anna's like, I don't give a shit. Like that doesn't mean shit. I'm like, "Uh, it kind of does. I mean, (laughs) I think it's really bold of you to insist that you don't want the woman that is eventually going to become stepmother to your child that like you don't want her you don't want your child to like meet her in any sort of mm-hmm. capacity like that felt really strange and then the fact that he just goes with it he's like yeah okay yeah that you're like i guess you're right like no like stand up for her like you and and i guess like the fact that he didn't was when like i knew this whole like marriage thing was like never gonna happen
1: So that was an interesting way because I do feel like he handled it badly and Anna handled it badly, but I do feel that the way that it was handled was realistic to how their characters had been coded thus far. So Anna... Anna having a a whole child with not a one-night stand, but a whole boyfriend, right? An ex-boyfriend. And not saying a single word to even let him know that she was pregnant. For me, that was like that and many other things that Anna later does very much code her as a very controlling person. Like she raised her child alone because she didn't want anyone else having a say in how she raised her kid. It's never coded as she thought Luke was irresponsible Or that Luke wouldn't, um, you know, step up and be a dad, just like, I want to raise my kid alone, basically. And Luke is honestly never really coded as like an intellectual, like he's smart enough, but he is a person who, if he meets an Anna or a, a Mrs. Kim can be like pushed into a corner, so to speak. And I think he was just so afraid of losing this daughter that he had just gotten that he was afraid to like push back against Anna on some like I'm gonna take you to court type or she's my kid too type of situations. I saw like a real fear in him of of potentially losing this daughter that he had that had just come into his life that he was starting to bond with. So I think the way that they the individual characters handled the situation was realistic. I'm just still on the fence about whether that situation should have been introduced into the plot, period.
0: <laughs> so, I I think I'm with yeah I'm with you. Um but then but then he eventually does take her to court, right? Like, mm-hmm. when, when Anna wants to move.
1: So then it's like, what? She forces I, his hand, though. Like, you're really trying to leave the state with my kid. Oh, <laughs> that's
0: true. <laughs> like um, she wanted
1: to, to leave the state with the child, like, so there was no way that he could, like, go visit April or she could come visit him. And I feel like that was also a really controlling maneuver. Like, I'm going to keep you apart by any means necessary. I think she really thought. If I tell this kid who her father is, she'll meet him and get the curiosity out of her system. I never think she anticipated that April would want a relationship with Luke, that she would like Luke, right? Right. And, and then, like, she got scared when it happened. Right. And it
0: is like, it's super messed up that she that she doesn't tell him when she That's gets so pregnant. Messed up. That's really messed up. Like, listen, like, at least give him the like it if nothing else prove to yourself that he's not shit like you know what i mean by like right. presenting him by by presenting him the 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 option
1: you know we've had this conversation right like we've had this conversation. If, if if a man is a deadbeat let him be a deadbeat don't make the decision for him <laughs> don't make the decision for him just let him be a deadbeat all on his own like right um, like, I feel like if you're being abused in a relationship, by all means, sis, take that baby and take that fetus and run.
0: Right. Like this but, isn't like a Klaus Michelson situation. <laughs> like, if it's right. Like, you get it, like a Klaus Michelson, you know, don't tell him, take that kid and like bounce. Like, I'm all for that. But
1: like, like people break up every day. But there are tons of people who are not together who are co-parenting successfully. Give him the option, girl. Come on. Come on. And yeah, like it's him. not like it's not like he's broke, right? Like you you never know where these wins will take you. Just like white uncles die every day, businesses go out of business every day. Sometimes you're gonna need that other co-parent to pick up the slack. He was running a successful diner and had it's it, it, was you know showed that he had been running this diner since his father died before he was ever with Anna. So, like, for no other reason than to have financial assistance, why wouldn't she tell him that you're pregnant?
0: Right. And look, listen, and Richard was trying to help him franchise. That could be a really nice windfall for you, babe.
1: Right, right, right. And, um, so that situation again, I'm not sure that plot should have ever been there, but I think the reactions of all the characters from Anna to April to Luke were pretty decent. Um, but as, as Alex said, the fact that Luke could not stand up to Anna really showed us the beginning of the end of their relationship. And they're like, they're like, uh, their their first major breakup right she snaps she gives luke an ultimatum when he does not give into the ultimatum she goes running to christopher and cheats with him right and um and that's where we and um and
0: then i guess the other thing that happens is logan leaves for london Mm -hmm. well things come to a head in vineyard valentine Lorelei has never been completely on board with Logan. Um but I think and we were we were talking about this earlier that, like in in Vineyard Valentine when they're when they go to Martha's Vineyard for Valentine's Day, first of all, let's talk about how Logan's a real one because mm. Logan <laughs> Logan bought two bought a tennis bracelet and a diamond necklace, and Luke didn't have anything. For Lorelai <laughs> came with his two empty hands for with Lorelai for Valentine's Day, and Logan did him a solid and let him take the necklace
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: to give to her.
1: And this is so indicative of Logan's Logan's character, right? He's always shown as being like a really gracious person to um people that he wants to keep in his social network or he knows he's going to have in his life for long periods of time. So, like, he's pretty much setting the stage here for a lasting relationship with Luke because he wants to have a lasting relationship with Rory, right? Right. And Um, um, he really does him a solid, like, because he's much more thoughtful than Luke and um, prevents what could have been a really bad situation. Right. What could have been so embarrassing.
0: And, And then, but then at the end of the episode, you know, Mitchum comes the dark lord and storms into uh the the home and we see like mitchum and logan really just sort of going at it and that's the first time that i think we see lorelei like really empathize with logan and mm-hmm. like his sort of situation
1: i remember her facial in that scene and you could tell like when she watched him with his father she, remind, she it reminded her of herself and emily right like being um, pushed into this life that you don't necessarily want
0: right but that you know at the same time you know he, logan's not trying to give that up because he
1: likes being rich um yeah logan's not a laurel he's not gonna be like fuck this shit i'm leaving with just my my empty pockets like he was never gonna leave
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was never gonna leave um and then and the and then the season ends with it with logan you know relenting and and going to london really quick Rory also, this season, in season six, Rory becomes editor of the Yale Daily News
1: by literally nothing, (laughs) by doing nothing. But she just exists as the protagonist, so she gets everything. Like, Paris is the one who put in work, who put in hours, who did everything she had to do. And this actually throws a wrench in their relationship because Paris deserves, and Paris knows she deserves.
0: Right. I mean, granted, Paris had, like, a, a a very significant, like, sort of, like, I think, like, just anxiety and, like, meltdown. Like, she does have, like, a, a true blue, like, I think, anxiety-induced meltdown. But um, the fact that Rory, just the way it happens, like, they have to elect somebody, and they have three names, and they are they keep debating these names. And then somebody's just like, oh, Rory should do it. <laughs> and Rory's like, oh, guys, like, really? And they're like, yes. And so then she just magically become
1: um it, it's wild how like paris isn't forgiven for her little breakdown and gets passed over as editor but they were really trusting the girl who had dropped out um temporarily to get shit done but okay
0: that's true like because <laughs> like i'm like are you gonna p- really put the girl like i mean i guess sure fine whatever but um let's just you, run
1: with it girl you know that's a fantasy let's, let's run, run with, with that. it
0: but season six how you what, what what's on the what's on how is it for you season six
1: um it was basic largely because of this like surprise daughter and making rory editor and Lorelai cheating on luke um and and um and uh zach and lane getting uh married or engaged subplot all of that was like trash so it was just basic
0: Same. I think it's, I think it's a solid season, but I don't know that um, I'm particularly enamored with like any of the plots. I do, I am interested in this sort of like Mitchum Logan um, dynamic. That's interesting to me, but other than that, it's just, it's fine. It's, it's basic Um, episodes to look at for season six. New and Improved Lorelai, Season Opener, Always a godmother, Never a God, Episode 4, see, Episode 6, Welcome to the Dollhouse, Episode 7, 21 is the Loneliest Number, it's a sweet, uh, this is the Rory's 21st birthday episode, and it's pretty sweet. The Prodigal Daughter Returns, Episode 9, that is like the big sort of like reconciliation between um them and then oh my gosh sorry i skipped an episode uh episode five we've got magic to do that's when richard and emily have that that argument that we talked about earlier
1: richard and emily's relationship really should have been expounded upon more prior to their like separation because i feel like that's one of the most interesting couples on that show yes yes (laughs) like (laughs) no i I, for real real. Mm -hmm. oh and season six was also when suki got pregnant again and realized that jackson was a trash ass piece of trash husband (laughs) right oh um
0: episode 10 he's slipping in bread bread dig this is the episode where we realize like christopher has fallen into into some like crazy rich white man money and and it's exactly i think how i said like an uncle died somewhere (laughs) and he gets like this crazy like 43 million dollar windfall just like gwen and gavin episode 12 Episode thirteen, Friday nights, all right for fighting. Fifteen, episode fifteen, uh, a vineyard Valentine. Sixteen, bridesmaids revisited, and then the real Paul Anka. Episode eighteen, and then and then episode nineteen. Uh, I get I get a sidekick out of you. That's when Lane gets engaged. Twenty, super cool party people. Twenty one, driving Miss Gilmore, and twenty two partings. Also, the season is like the season where like I think Logan. Yeah, it is. Season six is... I think season six is, like, super solid. Uh, Season six is also where Logan goes on that, like, it's revealed that, like, he slept with, like, a bunch of girls while they were broken up, and Rory goes, like, up over it, and then he goes off to Costa Rica and gets, like, and almost dies, essentially, and Mm -hmm. Mitchum, like, does not come (laughs) until Rory leaves, like, this really nasty voicemail, and is like, get off your ass and get to the hospital and see your son, and it's, like, damn like your child like and that's when I was like wow Mitchum really is some shit because like your child like had a collapsed lung and almost died and you were still in thought about it
1: right like Richard and Emily would have shown up they would have talked your ear off when they got to the hospital about responsibility and shit but they would have (laughs) come
0: right but they would have (laughs) come like immediately like and that's when
1: I feel like I'm like damn Logan lives a hard life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Such a hard life and like i i really resonate with logan and his relationship with his father because i had a really toxic relationship with my mother but i also couldn't leave her and didn't leave her for many 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 years and it's it's hard to say it but in that way that dynamic is very much like an abusive relationship like it's actually harder to leave an abuser than someone who like treats you well like it's super easily someone who treats you well and like gives you autonomy all the time but when like someone is that controlling it makes you work so hard for their approval like you will stay in these very unhealthy cycles and I kind of understood in that moment why Logan had never pulled a a Lorelai and just dipped and instead just drowned his sorrows with all these risky adventures that he takes like these adrenaline um this adrenaline-seeking behavior of his. It was really sad to watch, you guys. Um,
0: yes, I just remember, like, damn, like, you really weren't going to, that's crazy. Like, and the fact that, like, it's his sister is the only one, like, his parent, his sister, Honor, is the only person who, when he hears that, like, he's essentially almost died, is, is even coming. Because his mom, like, Honor calls their mom, and the mom is like, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with Logan right now, and she goes away, right to like a spa. Mm. She doesn't. She's not going to the hospital. She takes off. They they sort of code Logan as like Logan and and Honor being the only two children. I don't think he has mm-hmm. any other brothers and sisters. And no. then Mitchum says he's not coming. And then On, but On, and Honor's like trying to get a flight in, but she can't. You know, she's stuck at the airport, and it's like wow. <laughs> That was so wild
1: to me when his mom, of all people, said, I can't deal with this right now. I feel like I can't deal with this right now is the wealthy white housewife whose kids were raised by nannies proverb. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I can't deal with this right now. Like, when can you deal with it? When can you take a break from taking a break to deal with your child? (laughs) Deal with your child. It's like, never.
0: Um, Even this grandfather that, like, had all this smoke for Rory doesn't show up.
1: Nobody shows up. Nobody shows up, Um, and it's crazy, right? Because he's like literally, like you said, like he and Honor are their only children. Um, Logan is not just his oldest son, but his only son. Like you don't have any spare heirs to the Huntsberger dynasty. So what's good?
0: What's good? (laughs) You gotta, you better make sure your this investment is like gonna work out. Um, Anyway, so season seven picks up immediately after Lorelai has like you know gotten her back blown out. Good for her. I hope, you know? <laughs> no, only because I feel like Christopher is somebody who would do it right. Like, I feel like Christopher's very, like, caring. You are, like, um, make <laughs> sure he makes sure he just makes sure it's like it's really good, like, because. Otherwise, like, why does she keep fucking him throughout all these seasons?
1: <laughs> right, like, maybe in high school we could say that like, maybe he wasn't that great, but he was like her first serious boyfriend. But like, she was fucking him in her thirties and 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 forties. So like, you know, it must be good. It must, it must be great. Be good. It must be really great. So he he and does. I kind of approved of her cheating on Luke because I felt like Luke was. I felt like Luke needed somebody to rattle his cage honestly he was annoying me at the end of season six a great deal
0: so Lorelai's doing that Logan's gone Paris in true Paris fashion has been running a business over the summer because like she's all about that she's all about her all about her paper stacking it up
1: I love Paris because she's rich but she hustles like she's poor
0: I all I know is that like if Paris had tutored Felicity Huffman's kids they would have gotten into USC without having to cheat (laughs) it's true though because Because, like at the beginning of the season Paris is giving this like super intense read to like this high school student she's like um I'm getting Paris is like I need Paris is like, uh, so I didn't, I don't know if she's lazy or she's stupid, but like these scores are bullshit. And then Paris Paris is like, so I need her, I need your daughter to fill out this, this, and this. And then you need to take this test. And the parent's like, what is this for? She goes, I need to to know if the stupidity is genetic. And I was like,
1: oh, bitch. The read, though, the read. No, but I love Paris. I live for Paris. And she's great because... Paris is, like, the only time when we see, like, someone who is in those networks and in those circles read people in those networks and in those circles, if that makes sense. Right. Like, Paris will stay stay with the hard truth circa Chilton. So she always says what needs to be said, and I love her. Paris Um, keeps that
0: same energy, and I appreciate that.
1: Like, the thing about Paris is love her or hate her, she's not a fake bitch. She's a real one. She's a real one. Like, so this is a season where Anna also decides to move to New Mexico. They live in Connecticut, by the way. She wants to move to New Mexico with April. And Luke wins the right to see her during the holidays, during the custody battle. So he finally realized he had to, like, stand up to Anna and put his foot down, or he was never going to see that kid again. Right. Um, So, because he has a business to run. And he can't just be taking time off to go to New Mexico, the flyer miles, you guys. New Mexico from Hartford. Um getting a direct flight alone would be a bitch. Zach and Lane have twins conceived during their um admittedly terrible honeymoon sex. I just hate it so much. <clears throat> Oh, and this, I'm sorry. It was this season, not season six, where Suki realizes Jackson lied about the vasectomy. So he lied about the vasectomy in season five, and she gets pregnant in season seven. So it was almost two years he lied to her about having this vasectomy done. Sickening. That's
0: sickening. <laughs> She's been having sex with this man, condom-free. like And worry-free. Free. And worry-free
1: worry free as fuck. She's like, cream pie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, bro. we need to like change this <laughs> and um oh my god i can't even and yes yes that word and um um
1: and yeah and it's and it's and she's been doing oh that's horrible mm-hmm. it's terrible um this season also starts with Lorelai and Christopher eloping in Paris, and it's mad cute. Um, it's actually really, really cute. We know it's not going to last long. The cool thing about Christopher and what makes him so lovable is that we know that he cares deeply about Lorelai, and he's going to always care about her no matter what the state of their relationship is. So when she realizes we probably shouldn't have eloped, they split amicably, and it's there's not like bad blood between them. So it's nice. It's really nice.
0: Um, oh, like no, when Christopher and Lorelai break up, it's not good. In season seven?
1: Uh, am I, yeah, I have here that they split amicably. Am I confusing them with another couple?
0: Yeah, you're confusing them with somebody else. Because like they, they do elope, right? And then mm-hmm. it starts to deteriorate and then and in, and in and in fact I remember like not liking this plot because I remember feeling like it was a character assassination for Christopher in order to get Luke and Lorelai back together. Um, because you essentially they elope, they're together. But then Christopher starts getting like strangely like needy and becomes like very aggressive with like Luke and Lorelai's relationship to Luke and like them. And he becomes really aggressive and really controlling. And there's this whole scene like where they have it out. If it, if it had been, like, way earlier, like, in season two or three, it would track, but it didn't track with, like, who his character had grown to become, which is, like, this stable single father, this person who was, like, really communicative with Lorelai, because they go to Paris initially to deal with, you know, Sherry and Gigi, right? Mm Because Sherry's written this letter of, like, she's found herself and she wants to get to know Gigi and she wants to have a relationship with her. And he's very open with Lorelai in, in a way that he, he we've never seen him do or be where like, he gives Lorelai this, the the, the long ass letter that Sherry wrote and he wants, and he talks about it with Lorelai and he's asking her advice and he's like, well, what do you want us to do? Like, how should we go about it? And Lorelai, he. He's like, and at first he's, he's even like, I think I'm just going to send the nanny with Gigi to Paris. And Lorelai's like, "Mm, that's not a good idea because like, you need to see Sherry in person. You need to check out her situation with your own eyes to make sure that like, this is going to be okay. And he's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. Like, and then he, and he's even like, would you come with me? So like, he's, he does, he does all these things to show like how he's like grown leaps and bounds like emotionally and like in maturity wise he's extremely like i think just well and mature and then for no reason he just becomes like controlling and possessive and like needy so and i like and and they do it for the sole purpose of like making sure they split up and then lorelei and and luke get back together like by the end of season seven and i remember feeling like
1: what Mm mm-hmm um okay so my memory is obviously very skewed because I remember all of that stuff him being like whiny and needy but then when she finally says we should split up we should get this annulled he like he acquiesces to it um but I think the whole character assassination that Alex pointed out like it's it's a very old and honestly very tired plot device like how do we make someone look good Make someone look worse. Another person look worse in comparison. Right. So so don't change Luke. Just make Christopher a worse person.
0: (laughs) Right. And like you said, it's lazy. It's lazy every time. It's lazy (laughs) writing.
1: It's so lazy. lazy, It's tired. It's old. Please do... Like, actually, you know what? Like, maybe let your characters grow. Just do that. Um, So that happens the vasectomy storyline was really, really hard because um, Jackson finally spilled the beans first to Lorelei, what he had done or what he hadn't done, excuse me, to lead to the situation. And so he knew that Suki was pregnant before Suki was because he knew the symptoms as uh, on account of their first two kids and Suki failed to recognize the symptoms because in her mind, The impossibility of being pregnant again is like, it's completely not possible. So Lorelai finds out, Suki eventually obviously finds out, and Suki's reaction, I feel, was very understated, because I know I would have lost my fucking shit like, to the point of contemplating divorce, if a man ever did this to me. Right. Um, Lane and Zaka again, like I said, they're, um, she, uh, Lane is pregnant with twins. There's this really beautiful episode where she's pretty far along. She's on bed rest on account of being, like, tiny and small and carrying this Anglo-Saxon's twins. And um, her mom... Um, you know, jumps in to help throw her baby shower, which the whole town is invited to. This is like the first time we've ever seen everyone in town show up for Lane the way that they consistently show up for Rory. And, you know, her mom is like, why is this so important to you? And she pretty much says, like, you did everything for me and I'll have to do everything for these kids. Basically making it clear that she does see what her mother has done and she does appreciate, but also setting us up for a life where, lane's entire life becomes about being a mother and she will let all of her other dreams fall to the wayside right which Which is is sad sad it's really sad it's sad that's all that's all it is oh let's not forget rory graduates from yale this year and logan proposes but rory trying to keep her options open and they break up girl biggest mistake of her life they break ever. up. That right. happens at the end of the season. So earlier,
0: Logan there. So Logan is uh like moved to he like moves to like New York, and Rory gets a nice setup in that new apartment as well. <clears throat> that amazing that other amazing new apartment that he just pays you for. You
1: call it apartment. I call it utopia. But
0: whatever. <laughs> utopia, whatever. Um and. It's interesting because something changes. So there's a there's a brief moment, I think, on Logan's twenty-fifth. It's either his twenty-fifth or his twenty-second birthday. It's either his twenty-third or his twenty-fifth birthday. And Mitchum comes and takes him out to dinner, and the tone changes with Rory. Like you finally sort of see this begrudge not begrudging, it's not even begrudging, it's just acceptance of rory as this figure in logan's life so before there was like this sort of they that his family had sort of gone up because it was like she's not good enough for him but now you sort of have mitchum like like i guess having this respect for her because she got she got logan to uh you know start taking himself seriously which once again fantasy Mm. (laughs) like such a fantasy um but but it does happen and then logan loses a lot of money uh logan loses a lot of money in this business deal and is i think ends up becoming more dependent on his family more than Mm -hmm. ever and then yeah he proposes she says no Mm -hmm. like
1: Like, which I thought was some bullshit. Like, let's back up to season five, season six a little bit. They go on that break, right? She had the audacity to think that her pussy was so magical that he would just be celibate during their break. Like, she didn't know who she was, like, she didn't know who she was in a relationship was and what he'd been about prior to becoming exclusive with her. And then they get back together. She says she forgives him, which, again, it doesn't need forgiveness because he did all these things when they were on break. But he asked for her forgiveness anyway. She says she forgives him. And then she keeps holding this grudge because he was messing around with other broads. But, like, what did you want? Like, that's what I'm
0: saying. Like, Logan's always been who he's been. Like, he's always been about what he's about.
1: And Logan never cheated on her. So if you don't want him sleeping with other women, don't break up with him. Like, I guess I, and then it's like, you don't really have
0: a, like when you break up with a person, like you don't have a right to then like tell them how they need to, how they should manage their breakup. How, right? cause you're no longer like tied to this person. You don't, everybody grieves in their own way. And some people do that by sleeping with a bunch of other people. And some people do that by, you know, eating two tons of ice cream. Like the point is that you don't judge. Because everybody has to do how they got to do it.
1: Like, high key, it's not even a, an issue of grief, right? Like, if you break up with me, like, I am free to spread the love, quote unquote, around to anyone I want. As many people as I want. Whenever I want. I'm, I don't i do not have to take into consideration your wants, your needs, or how you're going to feel about it. It's not cheating if I'm not in a relationship. <laughs> That's all that is. That's all that is. <laughs>
0: And then my favorite thing that happens this season is when, like, Logan tells Rory that she's not shit <laughs> and that she ain't never gonna be shit and that, like, she has all the nice things she has because of him. Like,
1: like it wasn't quite phrased that way. Uh, so Logan basically tells Rory, like, you are not bucking the system sweetheart you're not like an anti-capitalist you are not robin hood you are not these fairy tale imaginings that you've worked up in your head you are part of the one percent just like me you're not yeah. better than the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> You're not better than the rest of us. Don't look down at your, on your high horse. And he uses the, the term high horse at the rest of us, thinking that you're so much better because you don't have money when your grandparents are paying your tuition and I'm paying for your living quarters.
0: Right, because he pays for where she lives. And so to give a bit of context, what happens is that Logan invites Rory as his sort of plus one to this... Um, party that he's throwing and uh for I think it's like his new business and it's like um and like it's you know it's Logan so it's extremely well connected a lot of people are there and I think these connections that they even talk about in terms of like oh papers people that Rory wants to intern for people places that Rory wants to work that places where Rory wants to work like all the sort of like decision makers, influencers are there at this party. And Rory's been assigned to like write this article on the party. And so Rory goes, she talks to people who, I think she ends up even ends up talking to somebody like at the New York Times. And he's like, oh, like, that's great. Like send me some of your stuff. I want to read it. Really happy to, really happy to meet you. You seem like a nice girl. All the things that like matter in this life, right? all the things that truly mm-hmm. matter and Rory goes and writes this nasty little article and Logan reads it and he's like floored and she and she's like oh I thought you would think it was funny like and you know she writes you know about how like oh it's just privilege and all these rich white people and bur and and is very like sardonic and and biting and and nasty and logan is sort of like floored and he's like and she goes oh i thought you would think it was funny he's like "Mm, no like that's not funny like these are my friends these are my colleagues why did you think that i would think this was cute and she's like stunned and so this is when the show becomes um And what I love about this, like, and he's stunned and he, he just reads her, he reads her to filth. He's like, you went to Yale, your, your grandparents are are Emily and Richard. I pay for your apartment. I pay for, I've only given, I've only taken you out on like these beautiful, like expensive dates. I pay for, you know, your dad pays for Yale. You're like, don't you know, your best friend is Paris. Like your your friends with my friends who are also crazy rich and white and well connected. Like where in the situation did you think like you were not a part of this? Like, mm-hmm. I'm curious. And the reason why I love, like, I think why Em and I are, like, obsessed with this scene is because um, I think it represents something that I think we're always thinking about and talking about with regards to, like, the delusions that white women have about themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: and the sort of, like, and the delusion that this show has had with itself, in a sense, Right. Uh, in that like mm-hmm. it in little monologue um and i think it's significant that like it ha- this monologue happens in season 7 where amy sherman paladino is no longer the showrunner and no longer the head writer praise but, jesus but mm. like for the first time it pops this bubble that the show has been living, living in of like of 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 just this fantastical uh, ideal of, of what this show is and what it's about. And it, and it finally is honest of like, this is, this is who you are. This is who you've always been. Um, and I, I'm obsessed with it. And it, and it, for the first time it refuses to coddle Rory, the, the, the narrative ref- and, it, and listen, it's very brief. <laughs> it's extremely brief, but it's um, impactful. It's, it's impactful. Very impactful. <laughs> it's very impactful. Cause it's, It's one of the shining moments I still like remember from the show. And this
1: is, and this is why Alex is on team Lorelai, because I think of the life that Lorelai lived, like Rory's not about that life. Lorelai left her parents home with no money in her pocket with a child at 16 years old, and then moved to a place where her pedigree did not matter and wouldn't open any doors for her. Um, she she is the closest that the show really ever takes us to a, quote, self-made woman. She had to do everything belatedly, and she had to do it on her own. And the only times that she would ask anyone for help was on account of her daughter, Rory, who she never wanted to struggle the way that she did. And in so doing, she did Rory a huge disservice. Rory is used to someone always being there to have her back and take care of her. If not her mom, her grandparents, and then later Logan. And then when Logan basically just revealed the truth of her life to her that she'd been in denial about, that like, you're not better than these people. You don't even have a job. Like, you're just some college student that's had your way paved for you your whole life by people who love you. The people in your network and the people in your family are the very people that you're talking about, right? And he makes a very clear distinction about the article she wrote versus the jokes he had told at that party the night before. Like, all of his jokes are entre nous, like, between us, like, they're little digs and jabs that are appropriate within their circle. He would never have the audacity to try to put these people on blast and thereby separate himself from them in a public arena,
0: Right, because Lo- because like I said, because Logan is always who he has said that he was. Like Logan is not out here trying to dismantle white cis heteropatriarchy or like the or capitalism. He's that's not what he's about. Like he is about the the very systems that ensure his power. Um he just and he knows it. He's never going to and he's honest about it. He's not like trying to to fake poor. He's not trying to fake like these connections don't matter. He's not trying to fake like his money doesn't matter. Like he un- he understands something very fundamental and he understands it at all times. That and he understands it at all times, which Rory doesn't. Like Rory likes right. to, and he, Rory likes to live in this little fantasy. Rory and and Logan is very much living in his is in his reality.
1: Right, and that's what kills me about Rory is that as much as she talks shit, she's not trying to dismantle capitalism either. She's not the wealthy person who's just going to throw away their wealth and live in some 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 little town and, you know, crawl their way up from poor to middle class like her mom. She's definitely not going to pull, like, a George Orwell, change their name, completely abdicate their family, and live hand to mouth until she publishes her first book, which is what the author George Orwell did, by the way. <laughs> like, mm. she's not about that. She wants all of the benefits of capitalism, and she still wants to be able to talk shit on the side. No, sis. You can't have both can't have both, can't have
0: both. <laughs> like, that's not how this works. Like, and like I said, I just, I love it. Cause I think it's so, it's so, I, it's just so indicative of like white feminism because I feel like that is like the, the core of like the problem with white feminism is that like, they live in this delusion <laughs> that like, they're doing something when you're not really doing anything at all. Like, I mean, maybe you're doing something for yourself, but it's for yourself and you need to be about that and you need to be honest that it's it's for you and people like you and no one else
1: mm-hmm. and, like you're not trying to dismantle capitalism you're not trying to do anything revolutionary so stop fronting girl just enjoy uh,
0: just enjoy <laughs> see who you are like i respect like i i respect honesty <laughs> like at the end of the day like i i i prefer someone who you know peter there's like eventually when you watch the good wife like peter Florrick says something in that he's like i the only thing he's like the one thing that I cannot trust is is a hypocrite, because I mean, and the dangerous thing about a hypocrite is like they don't even know when they're lying to themselves, like you know, a con man and a cynic know when they're lying, they understand like they understand the game, they know mm-hmm. what they're doing, but like but the hypocrite you never you never know because like they don't even
1: know <laughs> like and that right. That's more dangerous than anything. Like, I, I love that you bring up the con man and the cynic because the cynic judges everyone, including themselves. And the con man lies to everyone except themselves. And that's the difference and between them and a hypocrite. That's
0: the <laughs> difference. Um, and I think he does, you're super smart, because I, I think that's the line. That's what he says. Uh, but it's like, come on, like, get real. So that's what happens. So then season seven happens. And, and then at the end, you know... Luke and Lorelai get back together. Rory turns down
1: Logan's proposal stupidly. Um, I knew that she would after that read. Like when he proposed, all I could think about was that read. And I'm like, nope, should have coddled her harder, son. She's gonna (laughs) say no. She's gonna say no. And it's, and I think I particularly
0: hate it because like Logan is like, you know, I'm gonna move to California like and get in on this like, you know, boom and... You can work at, like, San Fran Chronicle, LA Times, and he's like, I already have connections with all these great papers. And I'm
1: like, girl, that's it. That's your future there, boo. All that shit
0: that you wanted right there, and you just said, no, I can't. It's hard. And he was it's
1: thinking hard. about their future, not just his, right? right? He, he he knows what her dreams are. He's like, listen, you don't have to let your dreams go. Like, we can make your dreams a reality together. Yes, Let's sir. go, sis. That's what and every
0: just- woman, like, begs for, is for her partner to consider her future as well. And he's about it. He's like, yeah, you can work. He's like, the, and he's... I think the worst part is that he's like, I've already researched it. Like, these are the papers you can work at. I already made some calls. I think I know somebody here, here, and here. We can get you
1: in. Like, bitch, I, you hate to see it. She has a twenty-two with they are like literal forty-year-olds still looking for. But okay, girl, right? <laughs> keep like, your keep your options open because open. we. We all get unlimited chances for a healthy relationship with a compatible partner. That's a thing in the real world. <laughs> like, I just, I hate it. So,
0: yeah. So, season seven is is famous. Is famous for, like, fans hate it. Um, and fans hate it. And it's the season where Amy Sherman Palladino had, like, left... And she wasn't the, the showrunner, and she had been the showrunner all six seasons. And she wasn't head writer, and she had been head writer for all six seasons. Um, but watching season seven, I don't hate season seven.
1: Yeah, I'm like, girl, adios, because season seven was low key banging. Like it was, it for me, it straddled the line of both good and basic, but it was far and away better than seasons two and three.
0: Same, I like, I like season seven for the exact reason that, like, I think. That I talked about earlier, and that like it becomes like the the show, whoever like the showrunner was pop sort of just pops this this fantasy bubble, and mm-hmm. and the show for the first time starts to I think think about like the real world and and starts to think about these characters functioning in a real way in mm-hmm. in the circles that they're in, and and I appreciate that I think or the beginnings <laughs> of that.
1: And that's when I knew that Rory would fail at life. Because she ain't ready for that bubble to be burst, y'all. But we, we can talk about that a little bit later. What about you? Did you think this season was worthy? What were some of your favorite episodes from it?
0: Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think uh, I hate this Lane plotline. And I hate the the Christopher like character assassination. And I hate Luke and Lorelai getting back together. But um I, For the most part, I like it. I think it's good. For me, it was satisfying. But if I had to pick, I always go with the season opener. Season one, The Long Morrow. Um, Lorelai's First Cotillion, that's episode three. It's wonderful. It's marvelous. Episode four. Seven, French Twist. Eight, Introducing Lorelai Planetarium. Nine, knit, people knit. Eleven, Santa's Secret Stuff. Twelve, To Whom It May Concern. Thirteen, I'd Rather Be in Philadelphia. Fourteen, Farewell My Pet. Sixteen, Will You Be My Lorelai Gilmore. Eighteen, Hey, Bail, Maze. Nineteen, It's Just Like Riding a Bike. Twenty-one, Undo the Breach. And then twenty-two, Bon Voyage.
1: Um... Yeah, I love all of those. And there you have
0: it, folks. This is everything that we think made the back half of Gilmore Girls good, bad, and basic. If you'd like to if you'd like to watch or rewatch the series, Gilmore Girls is currently streaming on Netflix, as well as the Netflix original, A Year in the Life.
1: Though most of the show's fans reveled in the fantasy that the first four seasons had depicted, it's the reality and ugly underbellies explored in these final chapters of Gilmore Girls that, in our opinions, made it worth the rewatch.
0: If you haven't already, be sure to check out our patrons-exclusive GBB Gilmore Girls Spotify playlist, and tune in next week when we'll be reviewing Netflix's revival miniseries Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life. Until then, look out for GBB's upcoming movie review for Top Tier Patrons Only, airing this Saturday. Em and I will be discussing the romantic period drama A Walk in
1: the Clouds. You can follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play to listen to all of our regular weekly episodes on the go. If you love this sort of content, spread the word and become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash goodbadbasic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly content as well as exclusive bonus material.
0: As always, be sure to check out our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, and of course, be sure to follow us at Good Bad Basic Pod on Twitter. Until next time. Bye! Bye everyone!
1: everyone.